Welcome to Bite Size Jazz, a podcast with a taste of new albums and new artists, with new episodes coming out every Tuesday. Head to our website, bitesizejazz.com, to find all our interviews with great musicians, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date with our latest episodes. I'm Stephanie Steele. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Jazz. Today's guest on the podcast is Katie George, a singer based out of Toronto and Montreal, Canada. She was named one of Jazz FM 91's eight Canadian women in jazz you need to know and performs regularly throughout Canada. She released her debut album, No Bounds, in January 2021 and just released a new EP, which we'll hear more about. Now, let's welcome Katie to the show. Hi, my name is Katie George and I just released my EP, Now Pronouncing. Thank you, Katie, so much for joining me here on Bite Size Jazz. Now, I understand that you did pretty much all the work behind it. You wrote the songs, you arranged it, you were the band leader. Yeah, it was it was a lot of work, but I, I'm really proud of how it turned out. And it's nice to have a project that's just all my work. And of course, like I, I can't take credit for everything. I had such an incredible band behind me and a great producer and a great production team. So, I mean, it wasn't just a one-woman show, but I did all the writing and arranging and the organizing, the rehearsal leading, band leading, all that kind of stuff. And I think you did a great job. I mean, these songs sound like they could have been written 100 years ago. They really just fit in with that great American songbook, jazz standard style. How did you go about capturing that style in your own music? I can sort of easily capture that style because it's the kind of music that I listen to all the time. So I'm very heavily inspired by what I'm listening to and what I'm watching. And I really like a bunch of, you know, like movies from the 50s and 60s and of course, I listen to nonstop jazz. I listen to Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan and Carmen McRae and Betty Carter all the time. So my my writing is heavily influenced by what I'm listening to. And since I'm listening to great American songbook style songs and standards and Tin Pan Alley songs, I tend to write in that sort of vein. So it comes it comes pretty naturally. Like when I was super into alternative music when I was like 13 or 14, that's when I was like writing more edgy, angsty songs. So yeah, my writing's sort of a, re- a reflection on what I what I'm listening to and what I'm experiencing in my day-to-day life. And you mentioned that it was based on a lot of personal experiences from your life, but I'm curious, the song, Why Do You Got It, was that a real story or was that made up? No, 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 that one's not real. That's the one I always preface that song before gigs. I say, oh, you know, this is, this is fictional. Like, this is not based off of my life. <laughs> Because I'm in a very happy relationship, so why you gotta is not <laughs> that one's kind of based off of movies that I like. So, um, you know, I I've, there's this great I think it's an Alfred Hitch- Alfred Hitchcock movie called uh, Rear Window, and it's sort sort of like you know you can see like um, you know the other apartments, and so I kind of imagined that when I was writing this one. You know, he's looking down into the courtyard, and then there's this couple dancing, or you know. But I mean, that would be my perspective. I look into the courtyard and there's a couple dancing and then the dancing, I'm imagining like scenes from West Side Story. And um, then, you know, there's there's this movie called Monkey Business that Marilyn Monroe is in. And uh, there's this one scene where this man is like driving in the car after he's like had this like specific um, like this potion that's essentially made him like way more confident. And so I imagine that like, you know, you're driving down like the boardwalk or something in Venice Beach or something like that and I mean I know you can't have cars there but I imagine or like on the Pacific Coast Highway in uh in in California and so there's like a lot of imagery that comes from movies and just sort of my own experiences but you know that one is very much a story that's based on movies that I've seen you know like all these outrageous situations and 
Yeah, so Why'd You Gotta, definitely fictional. Not, not relating to my life, other than my love of cinema. The one occasion that got me the most Was when I got you looking white as a ghost I got home early And I guess that you did too Oh, the second that my key started turning that lock I saw the window open and out she dropped It's funny that the cleaner would clean without any clothes So 12th Avenue, I think I saw on your Instagram story that you said it was like musical PDA for you. So why is it PDA for you? Um, I am not the kind of person that's like super comfortable expressing like emotions that have to do with my relationships. Um, like my personal relationship like I've been with my boyfriend for six years and it's like it's hard for me to be like all lovey-dovey especially like in front of other people and especially on the internet so this song is like all about how I met him and I wrote this a few years ago and I like listened to it and I'm like oh my god no this is too much people don't need to know this and so I think I just get uncomfortable with that fact I think also you know um being sort of like a woman in this industry and you know relying a lot on you know, fans to listen to the music, you know, sometimes when I when I post a photo of him and I together, I, I'll lose followers. And it's just, you know, and I have friends who've done the same thing where they've like posted a photo of um, them and their, their partners, and they they lose a bunch of followers after the fact. And, you know, it's just kind of this weird idea that, you know, I guess some of my my fans think of me as available and that's what's appealing or something. I don't know. It could be a coincidence, but it, it happens every time. And so, you know, I gain more and more followers when I don't post about about my boyfriend, which is such a weird thing. So I think that's why this the song is kind of weird. Um, not It's not weird. I, I like the song and I stand by it. I think it's just also, it's a bit strange for me to be like, I love this person so much. And <laughs> Because I try to, I try to fit the mold of, you know, like this, like tough jazz musician. Like I'm a tough band leader. I don't take crap. You got to show up on time. And then when you become all lovey-dovey, it's like I'm letting my guard down. Even though that's not what it is. I think it's just stuff I need to work on. But um, yeah, it is. That song is about how I how I met my boyfriend like six years ago. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's very very honest. And I'm not used to that with that kind of emotion. And so Being a dream, but when I wake up, you're still here. So to this day, with you I'll stay. It seems one glance made everything clear. That means you guys met as teenagers, then, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we met when I was, I just turned 17, because um, I, I just turned uh, 23 now. And so it's kind of wild. It's sort of the high school sweethearts sort of thing. He's, he's a year older than me. Um, so he went off to college when I was in finishing my last year of high school. And so we did this like long distance thing for, um, for a year. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, going really well but yeah it, it's kind of funny to think about I always you know I see my friends getting in and out of relationships and I think it's it's really interesting and you know part of me is like I wonder what that's like but another part of me is like I'm just so happy with where I'm at and I 
I couldn't imagine it any other way. So I think, you know, it, the relationship started really young, but you know, a lot of people's relationships can start young and some of them last and some of them don't, but I'm, I'm happy with how mine's going. So I don't really have any complaints. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And that's so, I mean, that's a really rare thing to find someone in high school and stick with it for that long. So props to you. Thank you. Yeah, we work well together. He's also the drummer on the record. So it helps that, you know, two musicians, uh, we both understand sort of the demands of practicing and about having our own space and time to work on our own projects. And I think, you know, if I was to date a non-musician, it would be really difficult for me <laughs> because I, I, you know, I get inspiration at 3 a.m. and then I'm at the piano and he understands, but I don't know if somebody who's not a musician would. <laughs> Is Secret Safe, would you say that one's like musical PDA too? Or is that just in a whole different category? I think it's it's in a different category. Um, 12th Avenue is based off of like a whole experience, like the first time I went to see him play. Whereas Secret Safe, I just kind of wrote in the style of just a songbook tune. I, I wrote it because I just wanted to have a fun tune that could be danced to, like by swing dancers or something, you know? So just like a fun tune. And so that one, I didn't really think about my relationship at all. I just kind of thought about you know, the theme of love, how it might sound in a songbook tune and how it might be arranged for, you know, a dance band. Come closer, I'll tell you the secrets that you want to hear. Like how you know just how to make me grin from ear to ear. Or how your smile makes me swoon, my dear. It gets me high as a balloon, my dear. So listen, you're missing. Going back to 12th you said it was about the first time you went to see him play? Yeah, um, the verse of it is basically him texting me to give me the directions of how to get to this. He was playing at a dance studio and it was these jazz dancers and they had this rhythm section and he was part of the rhythm section and he's like, oh yeah, it's free, you can come. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. And I went with a friend who was interested in the bass player at the time. And so we both went and it was super awkward, but he, uh, he was like, oh, I'll, I'll need your number to get to like, to tell you how to get there. It's kind of weird. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, and it actually wasn't weird. Like it was very intuitive. So it was just kind of a ploy to get my number. But um, yeah, the down the street, take a left, right, then left again, find 111. 111 is the name of the building in Calgary. Um, right, then left again was like, okay, so you go up the stairs and then you go left and then you go right. And then like, so that whole first section is about, uh, that's about the directions that he gave me to get to this gig on the second floor of this dance studio. And then I saw him and it was super awkward because he asked me to be there, but I didn't know. I was like, kind of like a little bit like, not super interested yet but I was like okay I'll give it a shot and so I saw him and I didn't want to look for like to him and he didn't really want to look right at me so it was like this weird like the lyric is I saw you there by the stairs searching for somewhere to look so it was like basically like looking for anywhere but each other to look <laughs> and it's like sort of that awkward like teenager thing um and then I caught your eye you caught mine it seems one glance was all it took that's a little bit over exaggerated. I probably looked away right away. Um, and I think what kind of got me interested was the fact that like, you know, he was a musician and I started hearing him play. And I mean, like 17 year olds aren't always good at the drums. He was pretty good. And um, all of these dancers were sort of looking at him while he was playing. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> I was the one he invited here. <laughs> so it was just kind of like this, uh, like sort of jealousy thing, which is so like, I don't know, it's very childish now, but 
Um, that's kind of how the story goes. So the, the song is exaggerated for the audience. I saw you there by the stairs Searching for somewhere to Well, it sounds like his practicing really paid off then. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's such a great drummer. Like, I'm so, so grateful to have him in my band. And it's nice to have somebody to like work on arrangements with and, you know, try things out. And my piano playing's gotten a lot better. So I'm like, hey, can we try this? Can you like play this groove over here? I want to hear how this sounds. And it's awesome. Can you tell me about like the rest of your band and how they all came together? Oh, yeah, of course. So the rest of my band is actually like their students. Um, well, I, I guess not a lot of them, not anymore. A lot of them have graduated, but um, that's why I'm I'm really proud of this project because I think it sounds like a really like, like a high caliber project. And everybody, you know, a lot of us, like I did this while I was still doing my bachelor degree. It was part of my like capstone recording project for my college. So really, really great team, all like Toronto cats. So really fun to play with them. talk about the last two so let's start with there by the door now a lot of these other ones were romantic relationships is this one a romantic relationship still no I guess it's sort of romanticized but this one is kind of like a relationship with my childhood home um my parents got divorced when I was 10 or 11 I can't remember um and they had to sell the house so it was kind of just you know this is me processing like nearly 10 years later the loss of my childhood home and you know like the the uh, the lyrics they detail a lot of the small things about the house that i really liked so there is a tree in the front yard and my mom planted like perennial flowers i think the perennials are the ones that come up every year um but uh she planted perennial flowers around it and so every spring there'd be like a cute little flower ring around the bottom of this tree um, and then, you know, the textured ceiling still like uh, the, I think the lyric is do textured ceiling still resemble spiders in a dance. Um, there was a textured ceiling because I think the house was built in the 50s and that was really popular to do in the 50s. And so there was a textured ceiling in the living room. And I always thought it was really cool. And it looked like there were like spiders that were dancing on it and or just like very like wispy clouds or something, um, I guess. And then, you know, like what color is the paint that covers up my lines and dates? That's just kind of about, you know, I think most most people growing up have a wall where they like they have the lines of and the dates of how tall they were at that time and I know that I'm sure that that wall was painted over because I mean this new family probably didn't want to keep my lines and dates there they wanted to start their own and then the the record uh, the lyric are uh, berries still picked on summer's nights and my mom had this huge raspberry um like she planted so many raspberry bushes in the backyard and we just spend summer's nights like picking them and just you know like we'd freeze a bunch so we'd have some for the winter and then you know we'd we'd have just raspberries like so many raspberries 
Um, and then there was like the line, I heard the stars at night, but I never heard a fight. And so I know it, it kind of sounds weird, but in the lyrics, stars is capitalized, S-T-A-R-S, which is, um, it's actually like a helicopter, a rescue helicopter. Um, it's an acronym for that in Alberta. And the stars is, uh, it's, it would land over at the hospital that I live two blocks away from. And so I, I could hear it taking off and coming back in. Um, and then the line, I never heard a fight is because the my parents divorce came really suddenly to me because they never fought and so there was no sort of um you know preconceived idea that it might happen because i thought everybody was just super happy um i know like most kids are sort of it's not great to witness their parents fighting but for me i just i never saw any of that they kept that away from my brother and i so it was just like really abrupt and i had no idea what was coming so yeah that I guess it's kind of romanticizing my old house. I know it's just a structure. It doesn't really like, and it's not mine anymore. I haven't lived there for like over a decade, but um, it took a lot to process. And I think writing this song really helped me to understand like and sort of let go of the house. Uh, Cause like, this is one of the songs where like I was extremely emotional while I was writing it. And I was, I would actually like, I was sitting in my practice mod at Humber and I was crying writing it, trying to like process these feelings and remember them. and. You know, I'm like, what can I remember from this? Like, and I guess the line, like, um, I left some thoughts there by the door. I can't remember more, but I could once before. And this is sort of like my struggle with, you know, I'm trying to remember as much as I can from what this house looked like. And it just, you know, it keeps, you know, like I, the, every day goes by and I sort of remember like less. And so, you know, like I'd, I'd like to go back inside and see what it looks like now, even though the new owners have definitely renovated it and changed it a lot. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's kind of like this idea of like letting go and trying to hang on to memories, but being okay with the fact that they're, they're fading. What color is the paint that covers up my lines and dates? Are the berries still picked on summer's nights? I can't go back inside, although I think I left some thoughts there by the door. Can't remember more. And the bee, is this about a person? It sounds like you were kind of mad at someone. Yeah, like, this is like, out. yeah, it's my diss track. I'm not going to go into details about like who it's about just for like the fact that I don't want to get sued. Um, but yeah, um, I had a very unpleasant experience with someone who I used to be extremely close with. And um, this person wasn't treating some other people that I know very well. And I confronted them, which was not a great thing to do because I'm a non-confrontational person. And so when I'm like, I'm going to confront them, I was just, it was not good. And um, they didn't like the confrontation. And um, I'm trying to like talk about this without like, you know, giving away details that could like bring me to court. So... <laughs> um, it's basically like, I think we all have a bee in our lives at one point or another. And, you know, there's just people that can be very, very selfish or rely like heavily on their own self-interest and make actions based on their own self-interest rather than thinking about other people and how they might feel. And so this was sort of my way of processing those emotions. I was, I was pretty, pretty peeved, I guess, at the time I wrote this. Um, but, you know, like, the people that were involved in this situation love the song. 
um, like not the person that it's about. They don't know about the song yet. Um, but the people that this person was treating not very nicely love the song. And so I'm like, well, if it can make you smile and like I process these emotions, then that's, that's what matters. So, I mean, I just like, I tried to make it humorous though. I tried to turn like the, not like anger, but just like, I was annoyed. Like I tried to turn the feeling of annoyance into like some humor by adding like triangle, which is such a ridiculous instrument. Like I think it's just so funny. Like there's like a little ding. <laughs> like it's, I don't know, it's kind of funny. And then, you know, like by adding like this, uh, this bossa sort of Latin, Latin feel over top of it and tried to make it upbeat and have it sort of catchy and, you know, like, the whole rubato section at the very beginning is like very very uh over dramatic i think so i tried to add a lot of humor into this one to take away from the fact that the lyrics are pretty uh pretty intense but i stand by the song i'm happy with it um i hope people will like it i hope like well i don't hope people can relate because i hope people that i hope people don't have that kind of person in their life but i feel like a lot of people do because nobody's perfect and you know, there's all these different kinds of relationships that we experience, and some of them are great, and some of them are annoying. And so, um, yeah, I just, I hope that some people can get a kick out of the song and, like, just imagine, like, it about this, their own bee. Exactly. Well, I think you did a good job of adding the humor in there, because if you weren't paying attention to the lyrics, you're like, oh, it's such a happy song. You're like, wait, no, she's angry. She's, she's really mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. The bee is a manipulative creature Always absent when they're wanted Always present when they're not The bee is selfish in care to think of others Somehow it lacks all compassion and empathy Is out of fashion The bee is a manipulative creature this is kind of random. Have you ever seen the show Community? Yes, I love that show. You oh my gosh, I mean, like, the Brita is a bee song? Yeah! Yes, that's so good. Oh my gosh, I never, I didn't actually think about that. I, I just, I called it the bee because I thought the C was probably a little bit too much. Um, so <laughs> we went with the B instead of the C. Um, but I love, oh my god, yeah, that's with, like, Chevy Chase, and he's like, she's a no good bee. That's such a funny episode. Yeah. I love that show. That's kind of what I thought of when I, I mean, your song sounds much better than their song, because they were goofing off there, but that's kind of what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so, yeah, definitely, I see that now. I hope I don't get sued for copyright, oh god. <laughs> oh no, I don't think you will. That's very different. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, I think that'll wrap it up for today. But it's been so fun talking to you and getting to know you and your music. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, Stephanie. This was really fun. We've been listening to an interview with Katie George about her latest EP, Now Pronouncing. If you like what you heard, you can find a link to the album on our website, bitesizejazz.com. And of course, you can find it anywhere you stream music. You can find more interviews with great musicians by heading to our website, bitesizejazz.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And also, we encourage you to share your favorite episodes and quotes on your Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to help spread the new great music. I'm Stephanie Steele. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Jazz.